Construction contracts are complicated. So today we're going to break down a specific contract provision. I'll give you some examples and some suggestions on how to deal with it. Make sure to check out our completely new and free service called contractdetective.com. You can scan and upload your contract and it will send you an email with some of the contract provisions that it finds and some links to videos on how to deal with those provisions. I hope you like the service and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody, this is Alex Barthet with the Lean Zone Podcast. Today, we're gonna talk about your project schedule and how to make it better. And with us, we got Zach from Builder Trend. How are you doing today, Zach? Doing great, thanks for having me. No problem. So tell us a little bit about you and Builder Trend. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Zach Potovich. I am a director of customer success at Builder Trend, which means I work with our, our 30,000 customers at Builder Trend to really kind of figure out ways to make sure they're having the best experience possible while they're using our software and also really kind of learn all about the construction industry and, and what their needs are as customers. So I do a lot of things here and I'm really excited to be here to talk about a huge piece of running a construction company, which is having a great schedule that, that works for your business. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much three things you do as a contractor, right? Mitigate risk, uh, deal with money and keep things on time. Right? So this is, this is the, one of those three pillars. Um, so let's get right into it. So five ways to improve your project schedule. So, so what do you got for us, Zach? What's, what's number one on the list? Yeah. Well, the, the thing I'll also say is, you know, I spent a lot of time traveling for Builder Trend. So I was a consultant. So I was all around the country. And what's great is contractors love to share their secrets because no one typically is like, I just have all the time customers like, what are other builders doing? And so I just learned like, let me ask what other builders are doing. And then when I would come to their business to talk about their processes, I would share, well, well this is what this guy does. He, he does a business like you. So we, you know, these are things that I've just picked up in my years of talking to, to people. And, you know, I think where it really starts with the schedule is I've noticed the best builders don't overly create schedules that are too detailed. Like they have a bit of a, a leanness to it. So they really try to dial in on their scheduling system. You know, what are the big milestones that I need to be hitting? Um, that are then the things that within that I need to come up with systems and processes to make sure things are happening. But there's, there's kind of an art to a really effective schedule that can be used by the team to follow. And then also not overly burden the administration of creating that schedule. Um, so it's, it's really coming you know a lot of this is based on experience of builders who have kind of tried different things. Maybe you're using Excel, maybe you have a whiteboard. Um, having that kind of really dialed in of like this project takes these specific schedule items and everything else is needs to be documented as a change order or something that actually extends the schedule um, because it feeds into then when you go into the project, uh, giving more accurate timelines and estimations of you know how long is this project actually going to take. Right, because the schedule does two things, right? I mean, it's supposed to keep you on track, but it also manages everyone's expectations, right? Yeah. So um, if you tell an owner that you're going to be done in six months because you gave them a schedule that says that, if you're going to be done in 10 months, um, my guess is 
you know, the owner may not have been happy to hear that at day one, but they're really pissed when they hear it at six months and you got it and you tell them you got another four months. Right. So part of it is just keeping everyone's expectations in line. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, even in any business and in any industry, you know, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble by setting expectations that uh, mislead the end customer. And so it's really important that, you know, your schedule has that clear kind of here's the things that legitimately are going to impact the schedule. Um, and, and I've seen builders absolutely add in a little bit more time so that, you know, they can always be hitting those deadlines. And it's, it's, if you don't have a, a, a system that can use data to kind of help you inform those changes, it can be a little hard to track, but the best builders um, are constantly evaluating what does my schedule need uh, and how do I use that then to leverage all the downstream effects of having a really effective dialed in schedule. So going back to your leanness comment, right? So obviously, um, you know, poor foundation, you know, poor second floor slab, you know, dry in roof. I mean, those are like the hard milestones. So you're saying that's probably not enough, but then at the same time, having lots of detail within each of them to identify what you're doing every day is too much. You got to find that happy medium between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it also leads into kind of like how you report on progress, because if you have all these very like detailed things, it, it becomes very complicated and hard to keep up with the changes because you're trying to track every element. So setting a, a regular habit of saying like, I update the schedule weekly versus daily, but monthly is probably too long. And, and because, you know, by then big things can happen on the project. So, you know, I see teams a lot meet about their scheduling and get updates. Uh, but finding the balance of you know, not only what's in it, but how often are you communicating those changes and then communicating it to the stakeholders of the project about when those updates can be expected all go into a really efficient project process. So what's the second item on your list, right? So number one is uh, be lean, just lean enough. What's number two? Yeah, the, the next piece is, and we kind of touched on it, is make it accessible. Uh, the schedule should be something that's shared amongst everyone involved in the project. And the earlier, the better, obviously. So I would roll up to people's offices. I'll never forget my first trip when I was in the consulting world. And you know, I, you know, I've worked with customers over the phone and, you know, but you don't get a visual of like what it looks like to be in their office. And, you know, it kind of looked like a, like a, like a warehouse with a lot of scribblings on the walls about this project's in here and this project's here. And I, I just remember asking one builder, like, you know, before, before you kind of started to embed a, a system that's connected to the internet, like, how did you, how did you communicate to people? Like what was changing? He was like, uh, text people when it happened, you know, I try and make it so that, the, you know, people were aware of it. Um, sometimes I take a picture and email it to people, which doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem very efficient. Right. And like, they're spending all this time trying to get information. So I'd be like, okay, um, how did that work for you? And they'd be like, it's awful. I never know where my schedules are. And so, you know, this is why people come to builder trend is to try and bring that visibility. It's a huge piece 
because it's not just you, it's your project managers, your field crew or your superintendents, it's your homeowners, it's, mm -hmm. you know, the subcontractors, yeah. right? It's a whole ecosystem. And if the more you can get people on the same page where they don't have to call you to get those updates, the more you're going to be spending your time anticipating problems rather than being reactive and always having to try and, you know, oh, I got to, oh, uh, you can train the, the folks involved to say like, no, you go here. And it can be done in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of solutions out there that aren't just a software, but you know, something like Excel can be shared via SharePoint. That's a live document. There's, you know, obvious ways that people have kind of leveraged um, technology. Um, but if you're not using it, you're kind of behind and you're always playing defense. And that's, I hear that all the time from our, our contractors. It's just like, I can't keep up. And it's like, well, let's look at why. And it's because people can't access the information. Right. I can only imagine, right? Do you email someone a schedule and then the schedule changes, you forget to email them and they say, what are you talking about? I, I've got the schedule and you're like, oh crap, it's, you know, you have the one from three weeks ago. I forgot to send you the new <laughs> yeah. one. Right? Yeah. Big problems. I forgot has to be like the worst phrase to hear on in a construction project. <laughs> like the dollar signs, just like, I forgot. And it's like, oh, oh yes. And yes. That, it's like the, it's, the, if I, if this was Jim Cramer, I'd hit the little button of the cash register. Machine, yeah. Right. Because yeah, that's same, exactly same. what it is. Right. Right. You know, you've got your forming crew ready to pour and, oh, I forgot to schedule the, you know, the ready mix. Right. Well, I guess everyone's going home. Yeah. So. And, and, and it just, it's a snowball effect. And that's, that's the, the big, and every contractor knows this, like mm -hmm. the core, the heart of the project is the schedule. And if you have it to where other people are able to access it or notified even in real time about those changes, it just lets it lets the the process be a lot more organic rather than the the common trap which is like i have to be constantly trying to put out fires and, and that's right well i can imagine right so if i have my schedule in a system like builder trend that that manages it and i update it and then you know the software then tells everyone hey there's an update right so now i don't even have to remember to send everyone an update because it just happens absolutely absolutely so we talked about the first two. What's the third thing that someone can do to make their life easier with their schedule? It's all connected. So the, after you've really dialed in the exact things that you want to be regularly updating and how many things need to be on the schedule and you've gotten people's hands on it, the next one is, well, who's, who's accountable for it? And this was one of the more shocking experiences working with, with builder trend customers is there isn't a universal like definition of a project manager. A project manager could be someone who is really just going to the job site and quality controlling it, or they could be very autonomous and have budget implications. They're responsible for driving revenue and closing the jobs. And I've seen builders even comp their, their project managers based on schedule efficiency, right? And like how fast, or how on time are you keeping those schedules? So that's, that's kind of an extreme example and I think it is important to give some ownership of those projects to those people you've administered as the project manager. So I always try to push builders to give more responsibility to the PM role, but I've seen it done a lot of ways, but you need someone whose job is to update it and make sure it's doing that. It's happening regularly. When you're a smaller business, a lot of times that's the owner 
And when you're a bigger business, you, you might have a scheduling department. It can get to that level to where it's so important you're doing 70, 80 homes a year. There's a lot of coordination that needs to happen. It's a full-time job. So you really got to look at your, your business and where you're at and have a, a game plan of where you want to be. You know, if your goal is to take on more work, that means you're going to need someone who is driving those schedule items to completion on time and are consistently communicating it. Because if you don't have that person um, dedicated to it, or at least as part of a core responsibility for them to be an effective leader in a construction business, um, they're, you're always going to be kind of what we talked about earlier behind on getting things done and keeping on track. So I've just, I've just seen like, it's kind of a throwaway piece with customers at times where they'll be like, yeah, we have a scheduler. It's part of their job. And I'm like, well, but tell me how often are you asking them to update it? What are the things that they need to be doing to make sure that schedule gets better over time so that you're not just always making the same mistakes when there's a change in the schedule, how are they communicating it and documenting it? So you can track when those things are happening internally. Um, and so without that ownership it becomes really hard to be a really, really effective um, business. So what's the, what's the next item after ownership? We kind of started to touch on this one, which is, you know, the schedule isn't just for the PM either. And it's not just for the owner. It's also for the customer. And, you know, as builders really, you know, grow into more mature marketing processes and um, really uh, having a brand, you see, you see more and more builders that are, really leaning into social media and, and having big TikTok presences and like really kind of growing. And a lot of that is to engage customers as consumers. And like, this is an experience and you're going to remember it. Well, what do they tell their friends at their parties, you know, at the house? It's like, yeah, my builder was you know awful because I never knew what was happening. I was always kind of having to reach out to them to find out what was the updates on the schedule and the builders that really increase that accessibility build a schedule as a communication tool to keep owners update i don't think any any person out in the wild expects a contractor to hit every deadline and so that transparency to say like here is the schedule here are the milestones i'm going to be updating you at proactively here's how where you can go to look at it um, that's what they're going to tell people and that's going to create more business for you and give you kind well, of this, this goes, this goes back to managing expectations, right? I yeah. mean, you just, you want to make sure that the customer, the person that's paying the bill knows what to expect. And then you deliver on, on what you've told them that they should expect. Exactly. Right. And that's, that's a great customer experience. That's what it comes down to. And that's, that will create more and more momentum about what people say about you in their community. Oh, you want to work with Jim, you know, because he always was telling me what was happening. And when he, when something went wrong, he was already ahead of it. Or I had the system that was updating me about those changes. And, and I never felt in the dark and no, nobody anywhere wants to think about anything thinking like, I don't know what's happening. And in such a big investment in a construction project, um, it maybe is one of the most important things in your business to make sure that you're keeping your customers in the loop as frequently as possible, but you can use systems like a really great schedule process to help facilitate that experience for them. 
Yeah, one of our clients, a good friend, is a high-end uh, builder, renovation contractor here in South Florida. And, you know, he trains his team to take pictures and sends updates to their customers, their clients, every Friday on the status of the job, um, which is a tremendous undertaking, right? Yeah. To think that over the course of the, the, the week, you're taking pictures and then you're going to compile that into a... Um, transmittal that you're going to send to your customer every week to keep them updated. But he says it's been a phenomenal tool to keep clients happy and to get new work because they just know that they are always going to be kept in the loop because they're getting an email uh, every week. It prevents more problems as well. Right. And like it, that's that's the kind of thing the difference between being reactive and putting out fires is if you build a process and you train your customer to expect those things they're not wondering oh what am i going to hear they're not driving to the job site to to basically micromanage the project on top of you because they know they can trust you they know that the information's coming um, it takes a little bit of effort to set those expectations like you you know I, i've seen that a lot where Builders are like, oh, it's, it's a lot of work to get my superintendents to upload photos and like email them to us. And that gets into like more business management. Like, yeah, it, it is more work for them. But if you're transparent about why you're doing it, and it's like, yeah, if you do it, though, you don't have to worry about the homeowners getting on you or us. And it actually makes you more efficient. Um, and then, you know, that gets into um, just how you position your business at large about like, holding people to expectations and, and explaining the why behind things. Like, this is why we're doing it. And, and that goes a long way. Uh, and that, you know, most people, when they, you know, are asked like, Hey, can you do these extra things? As long as you give a reason, they're more likely to, to be like, okay, I understand. I, I, I will make, I will do that with a lot less griping. So what's the, what's the last item, right? We've got five items on the list. Yep. Last one is, is what? Number five is, Try to keep your schedules in an element of repeatability. And, you know, whiteboards, not very repeatable. You know, like having to change things, having to like erase, you know, update it. Um, don't, don't, as much as you can, don't have your, your schedule on paper and in print. Have it somewhere that it's digital. You can create versions of it. And the reason is it, contractors have a habit uh, in my experience of starting over on every new project. If you're a full, full custom home builder, totally understand that you have new projects a lot with different, you know, scopes, but you're still building a house. You're still, you know, following a chain of processes. And if you really get your leanness in, you can start to have repeatability in those schedules, which lets you do things like anticipate how long those will take, but also do reporting to say like, where can we make changes and change a variable to help speed up the timeline? So don't always try to reinvent the wheel with every project. Don't, don't just like start and throw away all your progress on the previous project. Use it and get yourself a templated process. I don't care if it's in Excel, if it's in Word doc, here's what our scheduling process looks like and keep it up to date. Um, so that when you go into client meetings for new sales, you can say like, here's an expected timeline. Here's what it looks like. Or when you hand off from sales to production, it's like, all right, here's all the things 
that, you know, it's 80% complete. I need to change a few things here or there um, to get the schedule ready so we can move on and, and get the dig started. You know, uh, I'm going to throw in a bonus one. It's not on your list, but I, I have, we, we've touched on it a little bit, but I, I got to imagine it's probably pretty important and you've probably seen the most successful uh, builders do it. And that is to debrief occasionally on what went right and what went wrong, both, I would say project wide, but as with respect to the budget and the schedule, so that you don't make the same mistake twice. This is the idea of repeatability. Don't start from scratch, right? If every time we're saying that we're gonna, you know, get to the second floor in three months and, and every time it's taking us five, like we gotta look at this and say, what's going on, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Being reflective on what you're doing and really setting up those those motions to evaluate what's working and what's not. And if you can do it after each project, that informs how you're going to make real time impact, like big decisions that affect you on a, on a week by week, month by month basis. So I totally agree. I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit about Builder Trend and how it incorporates to all of, of this. Yeah. I'm assuming it's got the ability to make builders' lives easier in all of these respects. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, Builder Trend is a very large software. It does a lot of things. It can help you organize your sales process and get proposals out. It can help you run your schedules. It's got file documentation. It can even help you run your your budgets and your estimates. And you know, we tell our customers we're an all-in-one solution to help run their entire construction business. But what a lot of people don't know is BuilderTrend started out as a scheduling tool. It's kind of our, our story with our, our three co-founders is started in a garage in Omaha, Nebraska. And, you know, they had connections with contractors who were like, can you build a schedule for us? And they did. And now the software has grown over the years to where every element ties to the schedule. And it's like, well, why did we do that? And it's because we want that connectiveness so that as things change at different parts of the project, the schedule moves along. And so if you're looking for a solution to help streamline these things that I talked about today, about how do I know what my schedule even contains? How do I make it repeatable? How do I get people to access it? How do I make it so my customers can, you know, get access to it? How do I make it so my project managers can easily update this regularly? That's what Builder Trend was really centered around. And we continue to deliver to our customers. So um, yeah, if you're interested in learning more about Builder Trend, I, I highly recommend you go check out our, our website and feel free to you know, reach out to me directly. It's just Zach.Watovich at BuilderTrend.com. And we'd oh, you're going to have to spell that, Zach. So I know. I'll put it in, I'll put it in the show put notes, the but show I'm guessing notes. since kindergarten, uh, yeah. you've had this problem. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, even my poor wife, you know, is what I always say. She was a, her last name was Mason before. And, and oh, like, wow. It's a, it's a major uh, change. I was like, I get it. You don't have to, you don't have to take this, this cross if you don't want to. That's funny. So spell it for us. So we have it on the audio, but it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it's W-O-J-T-O-W-I-C-Z. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, if anyone has any questions for Zach, definitely send him an email. All the information will be in the show notes. Uh, I guess check out buildertrend.com. Uh, yeah, you can go there, see all the, um, the, the pricing and the, the, 
the feature set and, and yeah, reach out to our sales team. And you guys have a, your own content that you generate regularly, right? I know you have a, a webinars and podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, the building code, which I actually have the honor of hosting with uh, a friend here named Charlie Burt Whistle. So plug for the, the building code, check us out. We bring on customers to talk about their construction problems all across um, our user base. And we also bring on industry leaders, economists, uh, leaders about construction. It's a lot of fun. So we'd love to have you join. Just uh, check us out at Building Code. Uh, you can find it on our dot com. Uh, then, yeah, we're always doing events and uh, we do a ton and ton of investment in our, our digital learning as well. So you can you can find all that um, just by going to Buildertrend.com. Just a little just a little tip, maybe a road show in the winter in, in Miami, Miami, right? That's yeah. We did an event in uh, in Denver in October, and I was like, "It's still a little cold. Like, can we go <laughs> just a little, a little bit more south?" We went to we did it wrong. We went to Atlanta in May, then we went to Denver in October, and I'm thinking like, "We got this flipped. We need to be heading south as soon as you know September rolls around." That's right. You need to be in Miami in October. Yeah, yeah. That sounds so, uh, that sounds nice. Absolutely. Well, Zach, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and everybody out there, definitely check out the Builder Trend website. Um, and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Again, make sure to check out our free tools. Contractdetective.com will scan your contract and send you an email with the results. We also have the Calc U Lean, and that's a free tool that will mail to you that will help you calculate the 45 day notice to owner and 90 day claim of lien. We also have the Make Me Conditional stamp. You can get that at makemeconditional.com. It's a stamp that you can stamp on any release and it will make an any unconditional release conditional on you getting paid. And finally, check out our monthly live and live streamed events at miamiconstructionforum.com. Thanks again.